You're listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. You can follow along with the notes for this message and get better connected with our church by visiting church2911.com connect. Now, here's Pastor Rick or another member of our team with this week's message. Okay, so firstborn. You know, one, one of the things we need to do is uh, all that kind of introduction in that way. This whole sermon this morning really in a way is kind of an introduction or at least half of it of the sermon series. But all of that is we kind of need to we kind of need to know some things about who we are and what God is doing in us through us for us how he how he was working all this and I, w- I want us to really because uh, this has been in my spirit for a few months I want us to really get this there's something I want us to really get for 2019 I want us to get this whole thing about being firstborn okay so in the Old Testament we sometimes call it the law the first five books of the Bible the, the Jews call it the, the Torah, the law. And um, in there, there's a provision of a, a double portion blessing for the firstborn. In Deuteronomy chapter 21, verse 17, is one of the places where we see it. And this lays it out a little bit so you can get it. it, it God's word says, He must recognize the rights of his oldest son. The son of, even if it's the son of the wife he does not love. Let me give you a little context right here. In this particular instance, uh, God is speaking, and he's speaking. You know, there were people back in that time, in those times that, that had more than one wife, okay? And, uh, you know, th- that's not saying that, hey, it's okay for you to have more than one wife. That's not okay for you to have. And, of course, my wife has always told me that I could have a second wife if she would do the laundry. Uh, so... I, <laughs> But we, we haven't gone there, and I don't even want to think about trying to go there, right? But uh, God is speaking to them and said, said, you know, if you've got a wife and you love this wife more than you love this wife, you can't swap who the firstborn is. Okay, that's the context of why he's saying that here. He must recognize the rights of his oldest son, the son of the wife, even if it's the son of the wife he does not love, by giving him a double portion. So here's how this thing would kind of work out. Say a man had five sons, and when he dies... His estate would be divided into six parts, so all five sons would get a portion. And then there would be another portion left, right? There would be another portion, and that portion would be given to the firstborn son. All right? Now, I think most people read this and they kind of say, oh, well, God, God's kind of got this thing for firstborns, right? God wants to bless the firstborns more than anybody else. Why? That doesn't sound fair. Well, it, that, that's not what God is doing here. Uh, bring me up, up that next slide. The firstborn son inherited a double portion because there was a reason for it. Because he also inherited the responsibility for the family. This role as head of the house is not an authoritative blessing. It's not a blessing of authority. Hey, <laughs> you get to be the authority now. It's not a, an authoritative blessing, but it is a serious responsibility. That when, that when dad dies, okay, you know, property passed down through the males, okay, in this very patriarchal society, yes it did, but it passed down through the males, uh, and and, and like for the females, where they got their inheritance was when they married, so they actually did either marry up or marry down, because their inheritance would come from whichever family they, they married into. So this, this, this property was passed down for the males, and so the males, especially this firstborn, he was then tasked with the responsibility of taking care of all of his sisters until they were all married. And if any of them didn't get married, he had to take care of them for life. And he also had to take care of his mother, who was now a widow, right? He had to take care of her for the rest of her life. 
So, and so it wasn't just the people, it was also just the fact of the estate. He was the one responsible for the estate, making sure everything ran so everybody could, could keep eating, you know, and everybody could keep living. You know, the firstborn had the responsibility. Others helped. The, uh, the younger brothers helped, but the firstborn had the responsibility to make sure it happened. That's why God did this. Okay, so the next slide, because this one really lays out what we're talking about right here, is the firstborn double portion isn't about preference, even though that's, I think that's the way most people hear that when they hear this thing. It's not about preference. It's about provision for the whole family. It's, it's that God isn't looking and saying, I like firstborns better than anybody else. I'm going to give them twice as much. No, he's saying, I want to provide for the whole family. I want to make sure the kids, I want to make sure the little ones, I want to make sure the, the sisters, I want to make sure these widows. He says, I want to make sure everybody's taken care of. So first, I'm going to give, I'm going to give uh, the responsibility to this firstborn son, and then I, but then I'm also going to make sure he's able to actually accomplish that by giving him a double portion of the estate. So that it can happen okay so I know that for those of you who aren't firstborn you're probably saying well that still don't sound fair hang on to it with me here for just a minute okay because where we're going is not in uh, a, a, an Old Testament uh, you know just flesh estate and all that we're going into a New Testament understanding of firstborn and double portion blessing all right so let's go there here with the, first of all with the definition we all know what firstborn means right but just humor me here it means first brought forth okay we, we kind of knew that right it's the one that was brought forth first so in that context if you think about it that way those of us who have accepted Christ those of us who are following after God those of us who call ourselves Christians now we all Christians are firstborn because we have been brought forth first before all the other the others that have it now there are sadly there are people in this world who are never going to accept Christ okay but but there are some that have not yet accepted Christ and so those of us who have accepted Christ we are the firstborn and we're you know knowing that there are others that are going to follow us got scripture for that pastor yes I do right there on the right there on the screen Hebrews 12 verse 23 you have come to the assembly of God's firstborn children whose names are written in heaven you know, most most people believe we believe that Paul wrote the letter to the to the Hebrews so when God was moving on Paul to write this you know what he was right he could have said you have been have come to the assembly of the born again but he didn't didn't just say born again he said firstborn you've been born again but you're firstborn firstborn that that we've been born first so we're like the firstborn and so we, we, have this, we, we have this responsibility, but also because of that, all, so all Christians have a right to a double portion. And, and the, the double portion blessing. And the cool part about this is, is that, you know, you know my, my dad took very good care of us growing up, okay? But my Father in heaven takes much better care of us throughout all the things of life. You know, your dad may be the richest person in town, but he still pales in comparison to what God owns in heaven. And so when I'm a firstborn and I, am, I have the right to a double portion of his estate, of his kingdom, his, and the really cool thing about that is, is like it's just unlimited with him. And so it's not like there's this much and this much and this much because any portion of his being unlimited means that all of my blessings are unlimited as well. And so we, we are all, as Christians, we are all firstborn and have the right to a firstborn blessing. Let me show you this to you in just a little bit. 
uh, a little bit different way. And this is through a story that Jesus told, we call the prodigal son. He told these parables. You know, they were like little short stories. And sometimes they could have been... Um, it could have been like real stories that happened and a lot of times though it's obvious that he makes up a story just to give us some truths and so we can understand that's what this one sounds like even though a lot of this probably did happen just like Jesus tells the story uh, and this is in Luke chapter 15 begins at verse 11 we're only gonna read two verses of scripture but the whole story is there on that connect page that Brent was talking about earlier and if you go there and you can see all this and and all the notes if you've never done that before go check it out this afternoon okay and you can read that story because this is a great story last night uh, Colin our, our grandson was uh, spending the night with us and as we laid down in bed and just me and him to lay down to, to, to go to sleep I said you want to watch something and and I said we got a new super book and I don't know if you know what super book is but we record super book he loves he loves these Bible stories uh, these cartoon Bible stories and and he said yeah let's watch that and it was about the prodigal son I thought well how cool is this you know watching this and tomorrow morning I'm gonna talk a little bit about the prodigal son and I was able to share a few extra things with him and say hey I'm gonna talk about that tomorrow okay so there's a really cool story here he enjoyed the story which he knew a lot of the story already because he's really he's just really into Bible stories so Luke chapter 15 here's the beginning of it to illustrate the point further Jesus told them this story a man had two sons the younger son told his father I want my share of your estate now before you die so his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons so he gives this son he divided his wealth I guess that means there's two of them so he divided it in three pieces and so this son got one-third and the other two-thirds stayed right there that's probably if, if this man was was wealthy that was a lot of money so he took his part of the estate and it, he left home he went who knows where but he spent it on riotous living as I, I think the King James Version calls it he spent it in partying he spent it in doing all the things he wants to do. okay so here get this get this picture all of us not just Christians every person who lives all of us have received a first blessing life you've received life and everything that life is comprised of you have received life we've all, we all get this blessing you know all the joys and all the things that are about life all you know just you know man, having grandkids I mean this is one of the greatest just joys of life all these things that we have you know the successes when we when we get to feel like we've accomplished something you know and just you know just the, the self-satisfaction we get in our heart all of these things we get through life we, we all get this blessing and it's, it, it's different for everybody but every one of us has received this first blessing and it is how we handle this blessing, how we use it or misuse it, how we spend it. It is, it is how we deal and handle this first blessing that determines whether there is another blessing. That if we spend it on our selfish desires and passions, if we spend it all on ourselves, then it's gone and there's nothing more. However, there's another option, isn't there? The Word of God tells us about sowing and reaping, right? So if I take this first life, this first blessing, this life, this first blessing that I get from God, if I take this and, and I give it to God and say, I am yours, everything I am, and whatever you want me to do, all my dreams, all my passion, I, I want them to be your dreams and your passion for me. And if, I, and if I give that to him, then I am sowing it into him, and the Word of God tells me whatever I sow, then I'm going to reap. And so if I give my life to him, then I'm going to receive my life back from him. Oh, but it's going to be a whole lot better once he's messed with it and given it back to me the second time, isn't it? And so I, I get it back. Okay, in, in the same way, 
we see this in this picture right here in this story is because when he goes out, when this, this prodigal younger son goes out, he spends and wastes all that he's got. He gets so hungry that he wants to steal a little bit of food from the pigs. That the husks or the, or, or the pods that he's, that he's feeding them, he wants to steal a little bit from them. That's how hungry he is. And then he comes to himself and he says, man, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm so hungry. And he said, the servants in my dad's house, they have more than I have right here. He says, you know, I, 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 I don't really deserve anything else. But he said, I'll just go back and ask Dad if he'll let me be a servant. Will you put me on the payroll, Dad? Will you just hire me and let me work for you now? He's, he decides he will do this. So when the younger son returns home, he has no right to another blessing. That's what he's saying. As he's there thinking about stealing from the hogs, he's saying, I have no right, but I'll just go back and try to be a servant. He, and when he gets home to his dad and, and, and he starts talking to his dad about it, he says, look, I, I've wronged you. I've wronged you. I've, I've, I've done things that I'm ashamed of. And, you know, all these things he wants to tell his dad, and, you know, and he's telling him, I, I, I don't deserve anything else. He has no right to any blessing because he has already received and already wasted everything that is due to him. He's already spent it all. It's already gone. But. Don't you, don't you love in the Bible those nevertheless times, those but? You know, when it ought to be this way, but, then God shows up. You know what happens? Is when he goes home, and I love this part of the story, and, and, and as we were watching, me and Colin were watching it last night, and, and, and it showed the, the prodigal son coming home, you know, and, and, and he was weak from not eating, and he had traveled so far all by himself, and he kept stumbling, and his dad saw him, and his dad took off running to get him, and then it reminded me of this song, and I told Colin about it, I said, you know, I remember years ago, and uh, this guy, David Meese, I think, was who wrote and performed this song, and Probably none of you, maybe two or three of you might even know that name. I say he wrote this song about this story. And you know what he titled it? He titled it, When God Ran. And here's, here's just a few of the lyrics. It's like, it's the only time I ever saw him run. It's when he ran to me. He took me in his arms, held my head to his chest, and said, my son's come home again. He looked in my face and wiped the tears from my eyes. And with forgiveness in his voice, he said, son, do you know I still love you? It's the only time, the only time I ever saw God run. What, what an awesome story. That's exactly what Jesus is telling there. And, and if you're a Christian, you understand exactly what I'm talking about, don't you? Because we, we got, even though we don't deserve anything, because the prodigal isn't the only one who's lived life selfishly. Done thing. Even if, even if you became a Christian at a really young age, oh, there have been times, right? That you lived it for you. You lived it for your selfish desires. You spent it on you and what you wanted. You were like the prodigal son. If the prodigal son left home, why do you leave home? Man, I'm tired of dad telling me everything to do, what I can, what I can't do, when I can do it, when I, when I shouldn't do it. And he left home, and he get, gets away from home because he, he doesn't want to be told anymore. We've, we've all done that, I mean, to God. We've all, even if you've been a Christian from very early in your life, there have been times when you've been a little separate. We've all found ourselves in that place, and yet when we return to him and we ask him, what does God do? He, he does that. In the story, it says, you know, if you read the story, I really encourage you to go read the story. And Again, the link is there on the Connect page. But when, when the prodigal son starts talking to his dad and he says, hey, I've done this and I, I, I don't deserve anymore and all that and all that, the dad never responds to any of that. 
The dad never says, yep, I know. No, he doesn't. You know what the dad does? He starts talking to everybody else. He says, kill the fatted calf. we got to celebrate. My son's come home. He's bring him a robe. Bring him a ring for his finger. Bring him shoes for his feet. And I, I, I preached on this and, and shared some of this in, in a sermon last year, so I don't want to go deep into it. But let me, let me just remind you, here's, here's what I see there. Is this is this lamb, this fatted lamb that they that they of the fatted calf that they killed that night? It's like reminds me of the sacrifices that they did in the Old Testament. It's like a statement like there is forgiveness, there is salvation now. All is forgiven and all is taken care of. And then the the clothes he said put a, put a new robe on him. Probably his old robe or his old clothes that he had on were torn, worn out. If he didn't have money for food, he didn't have money for new clothes. He, he didn't he didn't have money to to look presentable. But his dad said my son's not supposed to look like this. He said, put, he said, he's got status. And so you put, you put a new robe on him and give him a, give him a ring for his finger. And, and like, it, it symbolizes authority. Dave and I, we had to have some papers notarized this week. And, you know, the notary, she used that embosser thing, you know? You know, that embosser thing, it makes it raised up, sort of thing. The kings did that back years and years ago. They did that. And what they would do is they would take some hot wax and seal something, and then, then they would use their ring, put their ring, and so it would, it, you would see the symbol of their ring in that wax when it dried, showing that. And so that was authority. The symbol of the ring was, was of authority, of having authority. And, and man, I don't have time to preach to you about authority right here, but if you don't understand, ask me about it. I'd love to, love to share that with you sometime. But then also, he says, put some sandals on his feet because servants went barefooted servants don't wear shoes and so what he was saying is he's not a servant anymore this is my son he belongs in the family put some shoes on him because he's not walking around like that anymore this is what God did for him this is what the dad did for him symbolizing God this is what God did for all of us and you understand you've received it you feel that and if you're a Christian you understand that we get that we, we, we figure that out we, we've got it but why would God do that why would God? Because, you know, at the end of this story, the older brother, the firstborn, he's got an attitude. You know, like, why are you doing this for him? Because he wasted all this. He did all that. He said, I've been faithful to you and all this. And he had a little bit of an attitude. So why, you know, so you could say, yeah, why would he do that? Why would he take from the estate that is going to go to his older son and now give to the younger son when he did all this wrong? You know why? Because God's way is not about preference, but about provision. Uh, that, that's what we need. That's what I want you to get out of this message today. To set up the, the whole firstborn sermon series is God's way is not about preference. It's about provision. It wasn't because God preferred one over the other, or, or the dad in the story preferred one or the other, over that God prefers anybody here over anyone else, but that God wants to provide for everyone. So no matter where you are, what you've done, no matter how bad 2018 is, you want to draw that line and say, Psh, 2018's over, thank God. And you want to move on to 2019. That's what God offers us, doesn't he? In Genesis 1, when God sets everything in motion, what does he set in motion? He sets seasons and times, 24-hour days, days and nights, days and nights, days and nights, seasons, four seasons a year. Then the years rotate, and all these things rotate. What's he doing? He's creating new times for us. We have a new time. We have a new day. We have a new year. We have a new start. We have a new beginning. We have that opportunity. His word even says that his mercies are new every single day. Every single day, no matter what it is that I'm struggling with, his mercies are new. Why, and why does he do this? It's not about preference. 
It's about provision. He has provided for us in that way for us to be able to just say, yesterday is over, 2018 is done, and I get a new start. Let, let me show it to you one, one last little way right here. Y'all know what firstborns are, right? Are there any lastborns in the building today? Any la Y'all know what lastborn is? Ooh, a lot more, uh, well, a few more right here. Lastborns, you know, spoiled babies, right? Any of y'all firstborns? <laughs> yeah, I heard a yep over there. Spoiled babies is who they are, right? Right? I mean, you, get, you got your way that one time, and now you're labeled a spoiled baby the rest of your life, right? I know you first, yeah, I see some, I see a face back there right now. Oh, they got their way more than one time. I don't know, that's what you're thinking, right? Well, maybe they did, but then they're, they're labeled a spoiled baby for the rest of their life. Now, now listen, you, I know I'm a firstborn, okay? I'm a firstborn uh, child, and I'm also a firstborn grandchild uh, in, in, in my dad's family. So I understand about firstborns, but I also understand a little bit about lastborns. And sometimes lastborns are spoiled babies. They, get, they struggle with that a little bit. I, I, I know some that they've really struggled with this because they said, no matter how hard I try, I can't break the label of being a spoiled baby. No matter how much effort I go to, I am still labeled the spoiled baby because I used to get my way back when I was a kid. And they struggle with it. They can't break free from that label. And maybe if you're not a last born, maybe you don't understand that. Maybe you understand it this way, though is there was a time where you weren't doing everything exactly right and you stole something. Maybe it was so small as, as picking up something in a store and walking out the door without paying for it. And because of that, ever since then, you've been labeled a thief. Or maybe there was a night that you drank a little too much, got behind the wheel, got pulled over, got a ticket and a DUI. And ever since, you've been labeled a drunk. Or maybe, maybe there was a time that you had to drop out of something. I, I, I've got, I got a time and just, I didn't, didn't even really think about it until in the middle of the first service, uh, preaching this sermon, getting to this point, I thought, well, that happened to me one time. I had to drop out of something. And nobody knew why I dropped out. But you know, you drop out of one little thing and you get labeled a quitter. You know, or, or maybe, maybe yours is something else. But for some something that happened somewhere way back in your past, you've been labeled a failure. So maybe you've been labeled a thief or a drunk or a quitter or a failure. And it's hard to break free from that. And you know, the, 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 the saddest thing I think maybe of it all is that it's not really the police that keep calling you a thief or a drunk. But many times it's your own family, the ones that you're closest to that won't let you break free from the label that got put on you. Now, does that sound familiar to anybody? Maybe, maybe this spoiled baby thing didn't sound familiar to a lot of you, but I think that rings true to most everybody in this building, if not everybody. Is there something that I can't shake? There's something that, you know, that's why I've moved across town or out of state or started something new or whatever because I couldn't break free from the label. But you know, that's what God does is when we ask him to forgive us, he's the one that draws the line and say, okay, everything else is done. I got, I got a friend that um, in ministry, he went into a really tough situation to lead one time. And it was, it was a situation where, I meant there was a, there was a lot of, there was, there was actually some crime involved 
in a situation and he's trying to lead in a spiritual in a, in a spiritual group he's trying to lead and and yet there were there was crime there were accusations there were people didn't trust one another and they say well you know how are you going to handle this and he told me the first time he got to address the crowd he said he stepped up and the first thing he said to them was this yesterday ended last night and you know what when we come to Christ that's what he says to us also your yesterday ended last night everything that was can be over if you'll let it be oh and then listen I, I don't have any control over your big brother or, or big sister who still labels you the spoiled baby I don't have any control over that all right and they can they can ignore what God is doing in your life but to God yesterday ended last night today is a new day there there are mercies new today see here's what we get in Jesus we get to grow we aren't confined to what people have labeled us to be we get to grow we get to become more and we get to receive more than we ever could alone by ourselves or with other people's help that's what we get in Jesus Jason Day here's a quote from Jason Day let me wrap up right here with this he says I think we all go from being the younger brother to the older brother in the prodigal son story yes we do all of us were the younger brother yeah, I, I, we're not talking about firstborn physically anymore we're talking about firstborn spiritually and we were all the younger brother we were all doing things the way we wanted to do them, ignoring what was right ignoring what was fair ignoring what God wanted and doing things the way we wanted to and then when we become a Christian we become the older brother and now we're in a different place we get the renewed like the prodigal son he got another blessing. Maybe, he did, maybe it wasn't a, a double of what he got before, but he got another blessing. He got a second chance. He got another try, and that's what all of us get when we come to Christ, is we get this. That's what I want you to get this morning. We're firstborn. If you're a child of God, you're firstborn. You, you've, you've been brought into the assembly of the firstborn, spiritually, not, not, not in a flesh way, not in just the amount of money your dad can leave you, but in the blessings that your God in heaven can shower upon you. We've all received that kind of calling and right. We're firstborn. You've been listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. If you have a prayer need, our prayer team and staff would love to pray with you. You can send us your prayer request by using the email address prayer at church2911.com. If you would like to know more about our church, including information about our weekly services, please check out church2911.com. Thank you for listening. We hope you know that God has an amazing dream for you. And as always, we dare you to dream.